Welcome to the Everyday Chant Srimad Bhagavatam class. Today we are so fortunate to have her great Vanamalini Manjiri Devi Dasi. Mataji is going to enlighten us on Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 10, Verse 22. Hare Krishna Mataji, kindly take over the call whenever you are ready. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Mataji, Sankaraji, my humble obeisances to all of you. I uh, hope you all can hear me uh, properly. <coughs> yes. Yes, madam. Thank you. Thank you. And um, thank you all so much for the opportunity I get to do the seva of speaking on Srimad Bhagavatam and in the wonderful association of all of you. So we will go, uh, we will start with Mangalacharan prayers, seeking blessings of Acharyas, Krishna and Guru to understand the subject matter in the way it has been passed on to us in our parampara and then um, to the verse. Um, and then Rukmini Vataji, um, the way you sang Vancha Kalpata Rupiasya was so, so pleasing actually. You have a beautiful voice. <laughs> Om Adnyanati Mirandasya Adnyananjana Shalakaya Shakshurun Militam Nina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaham Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sahapitam Nina Bhutale Swayam Rupa Hakadamahyam Dhatiswa Padantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Uttapadakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamsha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatham Vitam Tamsajivam Sadvaidam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Badan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamsha He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dina Bando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantarada Kantana Mostate Saptakanchana Gaurangi Rade Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sutte Devi Pranamami Hari Vancha Kalpatarubhyasya Krupa Sindhubhyayevacha Patitanam Pavani Bhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Sri Advaita Gadadara Sri Vasadi Gauravattavranda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskrutyam Naram Chaivanarotamam Devin Saraswatinyasam Tato Jayamudirayet Nastaprayeshu Abadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavat Yuttamasloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki Shunvatam Svakataha Krishnaha Punyashavanakirtanaha Rudayam Tastohi Abadani Vidinoti Suhrutsatam So we are reading the conversation between Rahuguna, King Rahuguna and Jadabhartha. So 5.10.22 uh, if I am not wrong. Yes. 
Translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Kije. Stali, on the cooking part, Agni, Agni because of the heat of fire, Payasaha, the milk put into that pot, Abhitapaha becomes hot. Tattapat, because of the milk becoming hot, Tandula Garbharandihi, the center of the rice within the milk becomes cooked. Dehindriya Swasya, the bodily senses, Sannikarshat, from having connections with Tat Samstrutihi, the experience of fatigue and other miseries, Purushasya, of the soul, Anurodhathat, from compliance due to being grossly attached to the body, senses and mind. King Rahuguna continued, My dear sir, you have said that designations like bodily fatness and thinness are not characteristics of the soul. That is incorrect designations. That is incorrect because designations like pain and pleasure are certainly felt by the soul. You may put a pot of milk and rice within fire and the milk and rice are automatically heated one after the other similarly due to bodily pains and pleasures the senses, mind and soul are affected. The soul cannot be completely detached from this condition. The, this argument put forward by Maharaj Raguna is correct from the practical point of view. But it arises from an attachment to the bodily conception. It can be said that a person sitting in his car is certainly different from his car. But if there is a damage to the car, the owner of the car being overly attached to the car feels pain. Actually, the damage done to the car has nothing to do with the car's proprietor. But because the proprietor has identified himself with the interest of the car, he feels pleasure and pain connected with it. This conditional state can be avoided if attachment is withdrawn from the car. Then the proprietor would not feel pleasure or pain if the car is damaged or whatever. Similarly, the soul has nothing to do with the body and the senses. But due to ignorance, he identifies himself with the body and he feels pleasure and pain due to bodily pressure and pain. So King Rahuguna is continuing his discussion with Maharaj Bharat and asking him all questions because he chastised Rahugun, uh, King Bharata for not carrying the plank fin properly. And if we all know in 5.10.10 uh, 
Maharaj Bharat from 5.9 10.9 Bharata starts speaking and he says these exact words like my um, the ninth shloka says my dear king and hero whatever he have, you have spoken sarcastically certainly too actually these are not simply words of chastisement for the body is the carrier the load carried by the body does not belong to me for I am spiritual there is no contradiction in your statements because I am different from the body I am not the carrier of the plank wind the body is the carrier certainly as you have hinted I have not labored carrying the plank wind for I am detached from the body you have said that I am not stout and strong and these words are befitting a person who does not know the distinction between the body and soul the body may be fat or thin but no learned man would say such things of the spirit, of the spirit soul as far as spirit soul is concerned I'm neither fat nor skinny therefore you are correct when you say that I am not very stout also if the object of this journey and the path leading there were mine there would be many troubles for me but because they relate not to me but to my body this there is no trouble at all fatness thinness bodily and mental distress thirst hunger fear disagreement desires for material happiness old age sleep attachment for material positions anger lamentation illusion and identification of the body with the self for all transformations of the material covering of the spirit soul a person absorbed in the material bodily conception is affected by these things but I am free from all bodily conceptions consequently I am neither fat nor skinny or anything else you have mentioned so this is uh, something King Jadabartha uh, uh, has mentioned to Rahuguna previously so now, now King Rahuguna is asking my dear sir you have said that the designations like bodily fatness and thinness are not characteristics of the soul that is correct that is incorrect so uh, sorry Maharaj Rahuguna is saying that these are all incorrect uh, the designations like all the designations uh, that we have read um, which uh, Jadabharata has mentioned earlier like fatness, thinness, bodily and mental distress, thirst, hunger, fear, disagreement, desires for material happiness, old age, sleep, attachment for material possessions, anger, lamentation and the identification of the body with the soul so if we generally observe these are the things that bother us a lot um, anybody calls us fat or anybody calls you too thin or uh, we see nowadays all of us have different kinds of stress uh, anybody you speak even an elementary school kid a nine or eight year olds um, if you ask them to like be focused try to learn something focusedly they immediately say like you know don't stress me so the stress word I was not hearing that much when I was kid um, hardly I used to have only one person in my uh, in my family uh, who used to say that I have tension for everything she used to say I have a lot of tension lot of tension just uh, and my my mother used to wonder what actually is this tension at that time because she was not that familiar with English language um, but now everybody speaks stress everybody says that I have stress I have anxiety especially the thing uh, that we see is young kids 
who are going to school um they are seeking therapists and uh, they all have this uh, stress this word we often hear but here jada uh, bartha uh, is saying that thirst hunger fear disagreement all these things are actually bodily all are all transformations of material covering of the spiritual soul these are all these things that don't belong to the soul soul is always happy is in full knowledge and then soul is eternal does not die but we all have fear of death we all have disagreements we have desires for material happiness so as long as we are we are feeling all these things immensely and we are acting on all these feelings and if these all these things are bothering us that means we are identifying with our body and it comes very naturally to us it's not that i have to put an effort um uh, it, it it is what we feel most of the times even though we are no we are spirit soul um and then uh, spirit soul doesn't have all these things so king rahuguna speaking like that is very natural even for us when we go in given any session that um to see happiness and distress same uh, you should not be nade uh, krishna says in second chapter nadveshti nade nade anandati nadeshti krishna says a self realized person stita pragna whose intelligence is fixed in whose self is fixed in intelligence stita pragna who is steady in intelligence he does not praise the things that bring happiness or at the same time he does not feel sad or he does not nindati nanandati nadveshti he does not haste hate he does not hate the things that bring him uh, sad so it's very uh, difficult when we speak these verses to explain uh, or to understand or to practice or to implement very very difficult for us because um we work 24 by 7 to maintain our body um and uh, we, uh, we we work to maintain our family and all so not feeling pain from any of these things is very very difficult or not even, it is very difficult for us to understand also so here whatever king rahuguna is saying we all can identify with this very easily so my dear sir you have said that these designations like bodily fatness and thinness are not characteristics of the soul so that is incorrect so many people come forward like this like okay then who are we are we not our mind are we not our intelligence what is actually mind what is me when we say to anybody that you are superior than your mind and in intelligence difficult to perceive that what is that i don't see myself differentiated from my mind i am my mind so if we see the 11th canto again of bhagavatam uh, when krishna in conversation between uddhava and krishna krishna there mentions that some people um, there are different uh, different uh, theories in saying uh, how, how, what are the material elements all together so some people combine mind with the soul and uh, if we really uh see uh, in some philosophies um 
they have they even preach that uh, different species have different minds um, and then that's why human will be born as a human animal will be born as an animal only so they interpret differently and most of the times incorrectly also the philosophy and preach so these things it's a very difficult subject matter to understand all these things so here the example which king rahaguna is giving is that um the pain and pleasure are certainly felt by the soul because the soul is uh, reacting to the pain and pleasures um everything that we do comes from soul consciousness is the symptom of the soul so when we are conscious of the pain and pleasure and when we are reacting to those that means those things are come from the soul actually because um uh for everything soul is the ultimate cause like like how sun is the ultimate cause um like for a plant to grow but some people don't see like that they think that watering the plant putting the nutrients ground these are all uh, uh these are all the cause for the plant growth but the sun rays are also sun rays also play an important role similarly like soul actually reacts to these things that's why the actions happen um even though the immediate cause is the thing that has happened to us which is bringing pain or pleasure but receiving that pain or pleasure and reacting to that uh is done by the soul actually however it may be doing that whether it may be doing it under the influence of mind or intelligence soul is acting back to it so if the soul does not act or react to the pain or pleasure the things will stop there but that is very difficult to that is very difficult stage to attain but it's not like impossible so these questions and discussions are very technical like very philosophical and it may make us very um like not interested because it's not a story um but as we are progressing in spiritual life it's very important for us to uh read contemplate discuss until we understand these subject these things uh the the more we go deeper into these subject these things the technical things of what is this material world what is the body composed of who am i mind intelligent or soul uh, the more we contemplate the more we think the more we discuss um uh, the more uh, the more we talk about that we will start understanding them and we will start with uh, with our sadhana shakti uh, with the power of our own sadhana we will be able to differentiate and see them and we will be able to come to a stage where i am not going to react to this my mind is asking me to react but i'm not going to react because this is something material and this is something my mind is suggesting me because she the mind wants me to engage in self gratification so we will be able to uh, make a distinction so the example that here raguna is giving is you may put a pot of milk and rice within fire and the milk and rice automatically heated one after the other directly we are not putting milk and uh, rice into the uh, fire we are actually putting it in a pot and inside the pot is milk and rice but when the heat uh, and the heat is to the pot but if we are putting the heat to the pot automatically the heat is getting transformed to the ingredients inside and the ingredients inside are getting cooked whatever we are putting inside or getting uh, cooked 
So similarly, due to bodily pains and pleasures, the senses, mind and soul are affected. If you see, there is a sequence here. This sequence, this, um, this chain can be broken. It is not like directly it is coming to the soul. The bodily pains and pleasures, both first are received by senses and they are passed on to mind and then if soul is under the control of the mind, then the soul starts reacting to it. So this is the sequence. The soul, Prabhupada, the purpose of Prabhupada, the translations of Prabhupada are so, so important. Like if we dwell into them and then read again and again and again and again, we don't need to really, uh, actually uh, uh, many people have a doubt like um, I may have to read somewhere extra to speak on this verse or what is that. The only thing that we have to re do is going and reading the purport again and again and again and again with more attention to detail and we will see the things in Prabhupada's purport so much so. So I always wonder how Prabhupada has achieved so much in 10 years but it's not that 10 years that matter. Prabhupada has been meditating on this for so many years and a couple of days back only I was hearing, um, I was reading a quote um, so Prabhupada says that I might have met my spiritual master um, two or three minutes or five minutes um, but he has taken his instruction so seriously and he became a most successful disciple of his uh, of his guru so Vapu and uh, why like you know uh, the seva that we do with words and then seva that we do by being closer to our guru so those of us can be who are very closer to our guru we can do but uh, not many of us will get that opportunity uh, either because the Guru is far away or it is because Guru is only one person and uh, maybe hardly 10 or 20 can be around him and serving him. Not all of us will be able to serve. So immediately we should not be disgraced or we should not be thinking that I am not a great disciple because my Guru doesn't remember me by my name or he is not calling me or I am not so famous as his disciple or I am not having... Uh, because nowadays we bring all kinds of designations and all kinds of popularity even into the devotional service also. Uh, this morning, I don't know, when I was reading my Bhagavatam with my uh, regular Bhakti Vruksha people here, suddenly it, it appeared, suddenly it, that reflection, that realization came to me that there are so many unsung heroes in many, many places across the world who are preaching to the layman, who are uh, going door to door and preaching who are in those, in those, in their own villages, influencing the people and bringing them to Krishna consciousness. We may not be knowing them, but they are very much sound in their philosophy, in their practice, and they are doing that. So this is something that should be inspiration to us and uh, do the values, the uh, the seva of our group instructions, following instructions, and taking them as heart and soul, and influencing in uh, practicing them and then being an example and influencing our own near and dear one or uh, the the people that we meet um, that itself is very great so Prabhupada is one of those and Prabhupada, um, Prabhupada's purpose are very very important and uh, all uh, and the emphasizes the emphasis on here reading the purpose is very important because uh, we should never um, 
we will not be able to summarize what Prabhupada has mentioned properly if we don't have his uh, uh, purport as a guidance. So let's go to the purport. The argument put forward by Maharaj Raguna is correct from the practical point of view. It's perfectly correct. That's what we see here. That's what we understand. So those who question us like that also, we should not dismiss them saying that, oh, you are... You are acting. A, you are you are having a false ego that you are this body, and uh, I'm. You should be thinking at soul. That's very easy to say than practice. So we have to go further deeper and make them understand. So here is correct from the practical point of view, but it arises from attachment to the bodily conception. False ego is something that we are carrying on with us, the souls from innumerable lives. It's just not that it has come in this life. This is something that we have. Ego means identification. False ego is not pride that we generally talk like um, in, when we are, uh, when we are uh, in normal conversation, people who don't even know that they are soul, they are body. You know, when somebody is self-obsessed, they say that you have a lot of ego. Uh, you have a lot of, uh, you have you are centered so much around you. So that is in one way also right, but it's a more practical way of referring to it. But the more philosophical way of referring false ego is identifying yourself with the body, with the country that you are born, with the body that you are like a man, woman, uh, with the family that you are born, with the caste that you are born, what not. We have so many designations. And we are not tired of having more and more designations also. We bring the same designations when we come into the devotional service. I am temple president. I am Bhakti Usha leader. I am senior. I have been disciple of this, this guru. Or I do this. I am the most uh, uh, beautifully, I dress most beautifully the deities. Or I give most, I, I, I have, my classes have most number of recipients. I have more YouTube followers in my classes. Then we just bring all those designations everywhere. We have different flavors of false ego, different things. So Prabhupada is saying, but it arises from the attachment of bodily conception. So this kind of an argument comes from bodily conception. Whatever the or whatever the words which Maharaj Bharat has said before or from a soul perspective. He said that, oh, you're right, king. Even though you're speaking sarcastically, they are so true. I am not fat or stout because I'm a soul. Nothing belongs to me. The, those designations does not belong to me. And you are right in your way. I, 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 I'm not, uh, because I'm not a body. But we identify ourselves with the body so much so. If we all notice the car example which Prabhupada is speaking, generally when you are in a big crowd and um, people identify you with the dress that you wear, oh, yellow shirt, yellow shirt, please come, green shirt, please come. So if we are wearing an yellow or a green shirt, we identify our shirt so much. Even though we are, we and our shirt are different actually. Even in a practical point of view, if we do, if we think deeper, little bit, little bit, like you know, I and my shirt are not seen, right? But if somebody is calling me yellow shirt and I am the only one yellow shirt wearing, or oh, all yellow shirts come one side, all green shirts one side, we will automatically identify ourselves with our shirt, and then we will 
cup so that is a reference generally given by the people generally also and that is how we are also identify ourselves with our body so the example prabhupada is saying it can be said that a person sitting in his car certainly different from his car this is very sure but if there is a damage to the car the owner of the car being overly attached to the car feels pain if the damage is happening to some other's car some other person's car the pain that i feel may be not that much as to my own car and that to my own car if i just brought yesterday from the showroom and kept it on my driveway the same maybe if my car is old there is not much attachment with my car it's become very old it's giving me a lot of trouble uh, everything is everything is spoiled in that car and i'm spending a lot of money on that even then some of us sentimentally or attached but uh, some practical people they are not that much attached and they don't feel pain so attachment is a cause of pain the identification attachment and uh, closeness to this attachment or the uh, attachment uh, um, like uh, liking or disliking both can cause uh, both makes us attached to it only like if we see the people we hate more the people we dislike more we are very curious to know about them more if we are going into a congregation or if we are in a congregation where we don't like somebody and if we see often they are meeting with few other devotees or they have there is something happening in them more than the people that we like we are interested in the people who we don't like we want to know what is happening in their lives why why they are so happy or why they are not what so we are very interested so we have to be very careful also that not liking somebody also can consume our time energy our mind our thoughts and everything so hating or liking both are going to make us attached to that thing that's very uh, that's very common and famously kamsa is attached to krishna in another way so we know that actually the damage done to the car has nothing to do with the car's proprietor but because the proprietor has identified himself with the interest of the car he feels pleasure and pain connected with it actually the soul sitting inside this body is whatever is happening to the body is not happening to the soul actually so if we see the soul is very 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 minute actually when we um, when we do uh, open heart surgery also the soul is not seen at minute it is soul is very minute so uh, and we we have learned uh, we have read a lot about soul in second chapter of bhagavad gita that soul cannot be burned soul cannot be cut into pieces soul cannot be drowned into water moistened by air all these things we have read but we feel pain in a, when any of these things happen to us if we uh, touch a fire we fire we feel pain water if we don't know breathing going into a swimming pool can cause us uh, stress and trauma and uh, we can experience that all these things are happening to us and we are thinking that these are happening to the soul but soul is reacting to these but these are these are not in real happening to the soul actually but the soul reacts to all these things uh, because so we are soul is identifying itself with the body and with the senses and with the mind soul is soul lost its real nature 
soul does not um, know its real nature. Soul forgot about what it is and it thinks that it is body. The more we identify ourselves with body, the more and more every day we are bodily conscious, then we will be we will be very very attached to our appliances and our enjoyment. And it's very difficult for us to act at the low at the level of the soul. So we have to remind ourselves mostly when we are in a pain or when we when we are in a pleasure um, like write somewhere or read something related to it or make yourself remind that see this is something happening to my body this is not happening to me and I am powerful I am like the affirmations they say right in some uh, preachings they say uh, every day morning um, Remind yourself of these affirmations. So this is something that we always have to uh, tell ourselves that I am soul, I am not this body. And I am eternally part and parcel of Krishna. And I am servant of Krishna. See, this is something I have been doing for a couple of years. Like, I am servant of Krishna. Then, whenever the bodily uh, designation seeks any honor, or any pleasure, or any recognition, or anything, that single line that I am servant of Krishna, and servant of servants of Krishna. When we think about that, then automatically the hankering for honor, hankering, hankering for pleasure disappears. Because in real, we doesn't belong to here, we are soul. When we doesn't belong to here, then where is the honor, dishonor, all those things? Why to take them so seriously? When we, when you are going, your, when you are pushing yourself into lamentation, or when you are pushing yourself into jubilation of achieving something, pleasure, and you are not stable, like you are all, all the two jumping, um, and then you can feel that, uh, you can feel that the restlessness inside your heart. Then sit down and make ourselves realize that. The restlessness is due to too much identification with the body. Calm yourself and remind yourself that you are the soul. So if we keep practicing this, um, that helps us a lot to understand and to be indifferent to both attachment, uh, indifferent to both pain and pleasure. We will see pain as a pain that, okay, I have this body, I am in this body, so I will be experiencing this pain, but this is not really happening to me. And then I, this is temporary. And then that gives us that strength. And when we put ourselves at the soul level and understand that, then when we are chanting also, we seek that Krishna uh, engage me in the service of you. So this is also we can we practice. Like when we are chanting, every mantra, we can practice like Krishna, engage me in your service, engage me in your service, engage me in your service. If we are putting that thought along with the mantra that we are chanting, we will be in that mood as long as we are chanting also. So similarly, every day when we wake up and we start our day, this is something that we ourselves has to tell ourselves. The Bhagavad Gita that we are reading or the Bhagavatam that we are reading in the classes should not end at the, like after the class is over. So I generally, if I speak or if I listen, um, I have learned from, uh, from the seniors and all. So we, ca we should think about them in that day and then, then we will remember them one more time. Like, you know, we have heard, in the, we have heard, now I am 
uh, trying to repeat what I have heard, then I will remember about the session again. And then all those concepts go internalize in me. So this one concept, that basic thing for a philosophy that I am soul, I'm not body, remembering, uh, remem reminding us again and again is definitely going to help. We won't be realizing. Um, but it is going to help us to act not overly bodily conscious. I don't say it will help us to act at the soul level. That comes uh, with our sadhana automatically. But at least we will avoid acting at a bodily level. Making distinctions based on our country, our caste, men, women, uh, slimness, fatness. Um, like, you know, I am so beautiful, you are not so beautiful. I am white, you are black. I am brown, you are white. Or something. The, those things we will remove. And then we, we, we start not acting at the bodily level, then we kind of see an equanimity in everyone. Okay, I'm also soul, he's also soul. How I am trapped in this body, he is trapped in that body. And how I am conditioned to the material molds, he is also conditioned to the material worlds. He's some, he may be more bodily conscious, he, uh, so that's why he's speaking in that way that is giving pain to others. So when we, when we give this thought every day to us, Every now and then that I'm a soul, I'm not this body, I'm a soul, I'm not this body. That overly attachment to the designation of the bodies will go away. Because that is what is happening with King Rahuguna. He's going to talk in that identification next look also. But due to ignorance, he identifies himself with the body. And he feels pleasure and pain due to the bodily pleasure and pain. So the soul feels the bodily pleasure and pain because it is attached to the body. Once it gets detached with the body... The soul will not feel those pains. There are uh, devotees who acted at that level in this material world also. They are not bothered anything happened to their bodies. They are cool. They are not worried. So we'll go to the next verse. I point 10.23. Sastha bigopta nirpati. Rajanam Yakinkaro Vainapinastipistam Swadhar Mamaradanam Achutasya Yadihamano Vijahatya Agogam Sasta Bigopta Nupati Rajanam Yakinkaro Vainapinastipistam Swadharma Maradhana Machutasya Yadihamano Vijahatya Aghogham Translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Kijay. Chastha, the governor, Abhigopta, a well-wisher of citizens, as a father is the well-wisher of his children. Drupatihi, the king, Prajanam of the citizens, yeah, one who Kinkaraha, order carrier, why indeed, na, not, pinasti pistam, grinds what is already ground, swadharmam, one's own occupational duty, aradhanam, worshipping, achutasya of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, yet, which, ihamanaha, performing, vijahati, they are released from, agha, ogam, all kinds of sinful activity and false reaction. My dear sir, you have said that the relationship between the king and the subject or between the master and the servant are not eternal. 
But although such relationships are temporary, when a person takes the position of a king, his duty is to rule the citizens and punish those who are disobedient to the laws. By punishing them, he teaches the citizens to obey the laws of the state. Again, you have said that punishing a person who is deaf and dumb is like chewing the chewed or grinding the pulp. That is to say, there is no benefit in it. However, if one is engaged in his occupation, own occupational duty, as ordered by the Supreme Lord, his sinful activities are certainly diminished. Therefore, if one is engaged in his occupational duty by force, he benefits because he can vanquish all his sinful activities in that way. Sounds right. Sounds super right. Whatever Maharaj, Maharaj Rahuguna is saying. So we'll also see first what Maharaj Rahuguna is saying and what Prabhupada is giving us an inner detail of this. So my dear sir, you have said that the relationship in between the king and the subject or between the master and the servants are not eternal. This we all agree. The relationships that we have in this material world are not eternal. We are, even the wife and husband relationship is not eternal. We are wife and husband in this life. We are children. We are children to somebody in this life. We are parents to somebody in this life. It is not that we will be parents to them forever. Life after life. If such intimate and personal relationships are not eternal, then the work relationships can be easily changed. If we change the job, the boss will change. But the problem is we consider all these as eternal and we consider as all these forever, not like temporary, and we do the things that can bring us sin permanently. Because a couple of days back also, I randomly uh, go to the news, and nowadays we don't need to go to the news also. Parts of family groups and all, they can tell us all the news happening. So I see honor killings. Whenever I see honor killings, whenever I see people kill each other for politics, I really, really feel that, you know, you, you are doing such a sinful act for a temporary body which made you a you, in which you are a politician. <coughs> Whatever the eternal that you are thinking, the post that you are going to get, is not really eternal. You will die one day and then you won't be CM or Prime Minister or whatever, King or anything, President or anything. And in that course of time, you are going against the scriptures and killing the people as if that is permanent. So these kind of things that we do, the reason I am bringing out these examples is because we do these kind of things not to follow the Varna and Ashrama Dharma. Because King Rahubuna is bringing the Varna and Ashrama principle here and he is saying that he chastising the Planquin carriers comes under following his Varna. That's what King Rahaguna is going to bring the argument. So that's why uh, I brought those examples where people think that what they are doing is they are doing to keep their uh, um, name of their country or name of their Ashram Varna that they are or so much unethical because they are centered about sense gratification rather than about the uh, uh, following the Varna and Ashrama Dharma. But although such relationships are temporary, when a person takes the position of a king, his duty is to rule the citizens and punish those who are disobedient to the laws. This is right. Perfect. 
a king, a father, a governor, a mother, all of us have to have a responsibility of guiding the subjects that are under us, like for a parent, children, king, uh, his own thing, to guide them in a, um, in a way that they follow the rules and also to give them uh, punishments. This is also true. But why this is wrong, we will see that. By punishing them, he teaches the citizens to obey the laws of the state. Again, you have said that punishing a person who is deafened them is like chewing the chewed or grinding the pulp. That is to say, there is no benefit in it. So, for punishing a person who is deafened them, who is not aware of the things that are happening outside, right in this case, Maharaj Bharat is acting deafened them. He is not having bodily conscious. Jadabharata is not having bodily conscious. Like asking a mad person who have no consciousness of his body to follow rules and regulations and punishing, even from our perspective, the practical perspective sounds like very, very wrong. In the loss of the country also, if you are not stable mentally, um, things that are done by you are kind of excused, not severe punishments were given to you, capital punishments were not given, uh, life, to, uh, life sentence to death is not given to you. Uh, you will be given a minimum, permit, a minimum punishment or you will be contained in a place so that you don't repeat that again. So you are not subjected to the um, punishments. That is to say there is no benefit in it. However, if one is engaged in his occupational duty as ordered by Supreme Lord, his sinful activities are certainly diminished. This is also right. Varna and Ashrama Dharma, following the Varna in which we are, uh, like not that we can be born in a that family only. Naturally also some of us are intelligent, interested in philosophical discussion. Some of us are brave, want to protect the people. Some of us are good at business. Some of us are uh, uh, very nice in following the direction. So naturally also we classify into four classes, intelligent, um, uh, intelligent, administrative, business, and uh, following, like, you know, we will be able to follow. So, Ashrama, Brahmacharis, Kruhastra, Sanyasa, and Vanaprastha. So, what King Rahuguna is saying is also right. Following the occupational duties helps us, pace us way towards spiritual realization. See, Varna is for body. Brahmana, Kshetriya, uh, Vaishya Shudra, maintaining the rules is for body. Ashrama is for soul actually. Ashrama, following the rules and regulations of Ashrama is for the purification of the soul. Following the rules and regulations of Varna is for the body. Ashrama is for the soul. Brahmacharya Ashrama, putting all the efforts in seeking knowledge, following celibacy, following all the rules. Kruhastha Ashrama, enjoying everything in a dharmic way. In, an, in a way allowed by the Vedic scriptures and also not exploiting each other because we are tied to a relationship. And then after that, Vanapastha, retiring from everything and engaging in austerities and penances. Sanyasa, detaching ourselves as we have practiced retiring and keeping ourselves away from all the things. Now we are ready to do the Sanyasa. That is for the progress of the soul, that is for soul. So, whatever King Rahaguna has said is also right. Therefore, in one engaged in his occupational duty, even by force, it is going to remove all the sinful activities in this way of his. Of his. So, sounds right. But then, where is the problem? So, 
where is the problem what is the whole goal and soul of parmashrama dharma so if we see the third chapter or second chapter there are so many verses prabhupada writes in the purports and also krishna speaks about varna and ashrama so in that in one of those purports there are two kinds of swadharmas specific duties as long as one is not liberated so as long as we are not liberated we have two kinds of duties one has to perform the duties of his particular body in accordance with the religious principles in order to achieve liberation when one is liberated one swadharma specific duty becomes spiritual so as long as we are not liberated we have to do the duties according to the particular body that we have achieved and follow it in a religious follow the religious principles according to it and according to the ashrama that we are in after we are liberated we only have one dharma in the bodily conception of the life there are specific duties for the brahmana kshatriya respectively and such duties are unavoidable swadharma is ordained by the lord and this will be clarified in the fourth chapter on the bodily plane swadharma is called varnashrama dharma or man's stepping stone for spiritual understanding so this is what prabhupada is saying following the varna and ashrama dharma we should not be neglecting until we are liberated because those are the stepping stones for our spiritual understanding so we should not be saying that oh i am bodily conscious i won't wear my clothes and i will walk around naked because i'm bodily conscious i'm not this body i'm this soul no we have to wear the clothes we are not animals we are humans according to the body that we have performed we have to follow certain rules human civilization begins from the stage of varnashrama dharma so we will be called as aryan somebody who are civilized somebody who knows how to behave when we start following the varna and ashrama dharma or specific duties in terms of specific modes of nature of the body obtained discharging one specific duty in any field of action in accordance with the orders of higher authorities serves to elevate one to a higher status of life so this is what we have to perform according to varna and ashrama the most important thing in vishnu purana it is stated that varna ashrama dharma the whole aim is to satisfy vishnu this is what maharaj raguna is missing the whole aim the goal of varna and ashrama is to satisfy vishnu not to satisfy ourselves no one should satisfy himself as is the rule in the material world but one should satisfy krishna so unless one satisfies krishna one cannot correctly observe the principles of varna ashrama dharma so this is the point which maharaj raguna is missing the whole point of practicing varna and ashrama dharmas is to satisfy vishnu and to satisfy uh, to satisfy krishna not to satisfy ourselves that is what king raguna is missing here raupad writes this of argument offered by maharaj raguna is certainly very effective because king raguna is little bit educated and he is good in a way that he is not overly bodily conscious even though he is acting but he is not overly bodily conscious because if he was he will rule out whatever uh, king uh, bharata has said and say that oh i am king now go go and do whatever the duty that i have asked you to do carry the plank when properly this generally we do when our kids point out our mistakes or anything we don't want to face them we 
pose our supremacy there and he said, you cannot tell to me, you have to go, I, I know what I'm doing like that. He did not do like that, he did not use his position supremacy, but he in turn was asking questions to learn uh, what it is, what is actually he's seeking. Because it's contradicting what his beliefs that what he has. So in um, in Bhakti Ratham, in Bhakti Rasam with the Sindhu 1.2.4, Srila Rupa Goswami says, Somehow or other one should engage in Krishna consciousness. Actually, every living being is an eternal servant of Krishna. But due to forgetfulness, a living entity engages himself as an eternal servant of Maya. This statement that what we are discussing in the previous chapter, this is what we have to remember. Actually, everybody is servant of Krishna. We forgot right now. But we all engage ourselves as a servant of Maya by identifying mostly with the designations that we have, that the beautiful body that we have acquired, or the wealth that we have, appearances we have. We identify with them so much so that we always act in that, those consciousness only. Whenever we are acting like that, that I am a rich person, I'm a beautiful person, I'm an American, I'm an Indian, I am this, I'm that, I'm Brahmana or I am a man. So whenever we are acting like this, we have to understand that we are acting as a servant of Maya, not as a servant of Krishna. As long as one is engaged in Maya service, he cannot be happy. Prabhupada is saying, as long as you are in the service of Maya, you cannot be happy. Serving is the nature of the soul. Soul cannot, that is the inherent nature of the soul. Soul cannot stay without serving. Either we will be serving Maya or Krishna. So we have to make a choice. How much time I am going to serve Maya, how much time I am going to serve Krishna. Ultimately, if we can serve Krishna forever, that will be really, really good. Prabhupada is saying here that as long as one is engaged in Maya service, he cannot be happy. Our Krishna consciousness movement aims at engaging people in Lord Krishna's service. That will help them become free from all material contamination and all sinful activities. So whatever here King Maharaj Raghuna is saying, acting at the level of Varnashrama Dharma is going to remove all sinful activities of that person. Prabhupada is nicely bringing out that once you engage yourself in Krishna conscious activities, when you, once you keep Krishna in the center, once you are engaged in pure devotional service of the Lord, and when you know that when you act as a servant of Krishna all the time, then you will be automatically freeing yourself from the material contamination. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 4.10. Vita Raga Bhaya Krodha. Get yourself off Raga, Bhaya and Krodha. Attachment, fear and anger. Free yourself from these three. By becoming detached from material activities, we will be freed from fear and anger. By austerity, one becomes pure, purified and eligible to return home back to Godhead. So we make ourselves attached. If we make ourselves attached to Krishna by making ourselves detached to attachment to the material things, fear and anger, then we will go back to Krishna. So here Prabhupada is coming. The duty of king is to rule his citizens in such a way that he can become Krishna consciousness. So that is actually duty of Krishna, duty of king. That is the duty of a father. That is the duty of any position that we have. Temple president, Bhaktivaksha leader, uh, counselor, whatever it is. So we should always keep Krishna in center. We should not be 
sometimes when we get involved in those uh, positions, uh, we ourselves make a party. Like, you know, oh, all of us are one group. Huh? We will go to temple, all of us together. If somebody is organizing the event which is not in, in uh, uh, agreement with us, we are not going to go. All of us are one group. We'll go, all of us do one service. All of us, all of us will be like this. All of us will bring, so we bring those things, you know. Oh, if the other group is organizing any program, we are not going to attend that. If this is organizing that, we are not going to. So every one of us want to make their own things. That is good if you can in invite a new people and encourage new. But if you are bringing these differentiations and distinctions, is there Krishna there? No. If Krishna is in center, whoever it is, wherever it is, Krishna Kata is going, we should be able to listen, attend and do the things. So that should be our motive, keeping Krishna in the center. So any position that we have, we should be acting in such a way that people can become Krishna consciousness. Even in our material jobs, the way that we conduct ourselves should, should make people question, how can you be so calm in this kind of a situation? What is your strength? What is that practice that you are practicing that is giving you this strength? Indirectly giving Krishna to them that, oh, I am Krishna consciousness. So that's why I was like this. Couple of days I went, couple of days back, uh, see, this is something, it is not that when I give my examples, I can only give my examples. If I know someone else's examples, I will always quote. So when we, couple of days back when we went to temple, so we, I, I never met that couple ever. So they were just, they just saw me and then they were seeing me doing something and they came and they uh, approached me and they were talking and they said that, um, no, I, they introduced, I introduced myself and I said like, okay, um, uh, uh, we will be in touch. Then they said, no, 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 we are going back to India for doing something good. Then I said, um, we want to go around and see some temples and all. Then I said, very nice. Uh, do that because they, they appear to me as very young. So I said, that very good. You can go ahead and do here. Uh, if, we, if we have anger kids, then it becomes very, very difficult for us to do, to travel like that because we have to take care of them. So the good you are doing that. Then they immediately, they both like... Uh, were almost have tears in their eyes and then said you are the first person who said that we are doing good actually we don't have children everybody is so busy in reminding us that we don't have children they are not uh, telling that uh, whatever we have done uh, whatever we are doing right now is more good so you are the first person we met who said that good uh, because I don't know that they have children I, I, I really don't know I never talked to them I just said that good you are doing that with the time that you have, that you are engaging it in a more proper way, spiritual way and doing that. Um, then I said like, you know, no, having or not having is a big, is not a big deal. Krishna give somebody uh, and make them do service or Krishna uh, don't give somebody and make them do service. If Krishna is in the center, um, not a big deal. And you are using your free time, uh, whatever the extra time and energy that you have and you are doing a higher purpose. Uh, you are serving a higher purpose, so which is very good. So they were very happy. So in that way, if we can bring Krishna and Krishna conscious in everywhere where we go, it will help us to progress in our spiritual life. But what we do, unfortunately, is we bring material things even into the temples, into the places that we are having, into the positions that we are having. Then we are actually missing the point of doing all these things. So here... Krishna Prabhupada is saying, the duty of the king is to realize his citizens in such a way that they can be Krishna consciousness. So he should act 
So those of us who are in a responsible position, like uh, temple leaders, bhakti usha leaders, fathers, uh, grandfathers, grandparents, or somebody like that, are even more responsible. The way we should act should become an example for the followers of us to become Krishna conscious. This would be very beneficial for everyone. Unfortunately, the king or president engages people in sense gratification instead of the Lord's service and such activities are certainly not beneficial for anyone. So this is what King Rahuguna's mistake is here. King Rahuguna is engaging himself, making use of his position as a king, making use of his, his position as a superior and trying to engage in his sense gratification. King Rahuguna tried to engage Jadabharata in carrying the plankwin, which is a form of sense gratification for the king. However, if one engaged as a plankwin carrier in the Lord's service, that is certainly beneficial in this godless civilization. If a president engages people somehow or other in devotional service or the awakening of Krishna consciousness, he renders the very best service to the citizens. The more the higher position that we are, the more we are responsible to, because we have a bigger influence, like if I am uh, if I am a manager, I am a factory owner or somebody, I have a bigger influence. So even a small act from me can inspire others to take up Krishna consciousness. So we have to be very very responsible, keeping Krishna, holding Krishna in our heart and giving Krishna to each and every one that we go, can help us come out of the bodily designation, bodily consciousness and act and make us progress in our spiritual life and every opportunity that we get, every dishonor that we get, every loss that we get, we can see Krishna in that. We can realize that these things are temporary and we can progress and we can make others also get inspired in Krishna consciousness and in that way become even more and more dearer to Krishna. So this is the mistake here King Ranguna is doing. So this is so similar, like when we see Arjuna's arguments of not fighting the, um, <clears throat> and so many places we see, uh, like uh, Hiranyakashipu when he speaks philosophy, they all know it, but they don't use it to satisfy the Krishna for the pleasure of the Lord. So this is how King Rahuguna, Maharaj Rahuguna is talking to Bharata. Jadavarta, who has been the king of the whole world in his previous life, so he knows pretty well how a king should behave, how a king should not behave and all those things. So that's the mistake he did. Whatever the points that he's saying are right, but he's missing the gist of it. Following the Varna and Ashrama Dharma should be for the satisfaction of Krishna, not for the satisfaction of our own self and uh, acting in that way. So this is the gist which uh, Mahaking uh, Raguna is missing. So I have covered 22 and 23, so tomorrow is 24. Um, devotees want to add anything or comment or correct, uh, please uh, go ahead. Um. Hare Krishna Mataji, Pranam, wonderful, wonderful lecture. You have covered so, so many points about Dhavarvarna and Ashrama and once duty on this platform and also how one's attachment to the material hinders the devotional devotional path so i really like the uh, points you mentioned mataji thank you so much i don't have any so question if devotees has any question please go ahead mataji, 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 mataji. 
such a nice class uh, uh, your explanations are so lucid and uh, with rich with uh, references uh, so it makes uh, understanding so easy uh, about uh, uh, as a bodily um, somebody who has a body in a particular guna one has to execute uh, uh, the varnashrama dharma Uh, which is our ultimate aim is to uh, uh, is to bring us to Krishna consciousness. Uh, uh, that is, uh, there's a samsiddhi maritosanam. That is, uh, the purpose is to please Hari. Uh, so nice. And uh, yes, uh, sometimes we have confusion. I, I hear, and I mean, in some of the circles, uh, not Krishna conscious, uh, regular uh, academy circles uh, that uh, a lot of people have misunderstanding about uh, bhagavad gita per se uh, like uh, uh, they they understand this war as they can extend it to anything uh, uh-huh. i was like uh, that say, so that uh, arjuna is doing his duty as a kshatriya to establish dharma in a bodily platform and on the spiritual platform is executing in the orders of krishna Uh, so I, yes, I mean we need to have a clear understanding about uh, Varnashrama Dharma that uh, we should be doing our own um, our role in a, in in the uh, as ordained uh, uh, for that uh, Varna and Ashram, and uh, that will bring us uh, because we belong to that Guna in that situation. Uh-huh. Uh, so that process will be come to the Krishna. Uh, Uh, gradually will be elevated to Krishna Gaun, everybody. Uh-huh. And the king's duty is that. Yes, nice, uh, Mataji. Uh, it was a uh, nice class. We emphasize uh, uh, making us aware that we have uh, roles to play in our uh, situation uh, perfectly as per the Varnashrama Dharma, as King Rahugana was doing. Uh, Thank you, Mataji. Thank you so much, Prabhuji and Mataji. <clears throat> All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. <clears throat> Thank you, Mataji. You gave a very Nectarian class. You always give such a good references. And I think um, you spent so much time to prepare, uh, to present to us, so we can learn from your excellent, excellent presentation. Thank you, Mataji. Hari Bol. Thank you, Prabhu. All glories to Shada Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Mataji, Dandavat Pranam, such a beautiful class and nice um, explanation about this verse. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Thank you, Mataji. Mataji, you did only one verse, right? No, two. Uh, 22 two. and 23. Okay. Thank you, Mataji. So if there is no any comment or questions, we can stop here. Thank you, Prabhuji. And Mataji, Svancha Kalpata Rupyascha Krupa Sindhu Bhyayivacha Patitanam Pavane Bhyo Vaishnave Bhyo Namo Thank you very nice class.
Thank you. Thank you so much, Natalie. Hare Krishna.